Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 I give you the NBA season starting up on December 22nd right here. Going to break it down for you by giving you all the news that you need to know, the matchups. And then, yes, if you are a loyal subscriber, you know the early interests, the coveted early interests from my projections, my rankings, the values that we're looking at, some of the highest projected players and the ones that are the best bang for their buck early on for this two game slate. It's nice. It's a nice, easy one, right? Nice one to break down. We get, you know, both Los Angeles teams on this slate. We get to see Kevin Durant, who we've seen in the preseason a little bit, but a little more extended run out of both him and Kyrie coming off of some injuries now in Brooklyn, which is a insanely deep team. We can get into that in just one second. And then you get to see the Golden State Warriors where Steph will be returning in some new additions to that team that we actually get to see, whether it's the rookie James Wiseman, who might be starting, and we'll touch on that in a second. So yeah, so two games later, and of course, with the season here, DraftKings is going to be having a million dollar maker, million dollars to first place. So we're going to break it down. I do have projections, rankings, and all of that type of stuff, value, all that, minutes, projections, everything you'll need to really feel comfortable about this slate and feel like you're in uh, really have a higher ground on your opponents down below you can follow along on patreon patreon.com backslash sal underscore battery underscore before we hop on into it i'd ask you to hit the like and subscribe i greatly appreciate that there's a good chance that we'll be going live tomorrow maybe around 4 or 4 30 just a two game slate so maybe a half hour is enough to break down the slate it's the nba so i'm recording this right now on monday right monday morning even so it's well before these games are going to be starting but it just works for my schedule and i don't think that much is going to change for these slates but we don't have yet the official quote unquote official. It's never really the most official thing from the NBA, but what they call it put out as the official injury report. So some crazy things could change. I don't foresee LeBron James being out or Kawhi Leonard being out, but some crazy things could change after I record this. So if that's the case, all of it will be updated on the projections on Patreon. So you can follow along. But if you want my stance on it from a content standpoint, you can find me tomorrow live. So be sure to hit that notification bell as well. So you can be tuned in for that. And before we start getting into the news and the early news right now, the injury and status dashboard is back behind me right now on the YouTube version. Before we get into that, I want to let you know that one of the sponsors of this video is going to be Jock Market. And they've been sponsoring a lot of the NFL content. Maybe you're new from just playing NBA DFS, or you're just finding me because you're searching for NBA. And hey, you don't really watch anybody else for NFL except the people you usually watch. Now you found me. So what's going on here? But Jock Market is daily fantasy sports meets a stock exchange. Yes, you can buy stock in these players. They they had it for the NBA during the NBA finals, during some of the playoffs, and it was a ton of fun, to be completely honest with you. Basically, you bid on players during their IPO phase, and then once you were awarded those bids, if you bid at the highest for the player, you get the shares, depending on how many fantasy points they score, depends on if they score more than they're expected to, bam, you end up scoring some ROI, return on investment. If they score less than they're expected to compared to some of the other players in the jock market, then you're going to lose some money, but you can live trade the entire time. Lots of fun for jock market, both in the Android and Apple store today. Check it out down below, and if you use my name, Sal Tem my code SAL10. They will give you a free $10 upon playing. Totally free to download the app. Check it out. Jock Market Daily Fantasy Sports meets a stock exchange. So let's get this underway, right? With the injury and status dashboard. And yes, yes, I am recording this a little bit bold for the NBA, but it's a two game slate. And I feel pretty comfortable that we won't have any crazy news just this yet, this moment. Maybe some stuff will break. And again, the live stream will help us there. But to start it off with Marcus Moore Sr., who did sign a pretty massive contract. Now he had a deal with the Nuggets potentially for $40 million. He ends up signing the bigger contract the Clippers keep him because the Clippers just don't have that much depth at his position, which is what you're going to see if he misses. He's questionable with a knee injury, Marcus Morris, somebody last year for the entire season. He played about 31 minutes per game, usage rate of about 16%. And if he was to miss, the newcomers, Luke Kennard, ends up coming over right now from the Detroit Pistons. He might see some more run. Nicholas Batum might see some more run with his terrible contracts that he's had from Charlotte. You might see Patrick Patterson, who's more so a four, play a little bit more there depending on who they have on the court. So Marcus Morris, this is the reason why they paid him a lot of money. This is the reason why they kept him. They don't have depth at this position. 
position, and it's going to show if he misses. So Marcus Morris, $5,100. Keep a close eye on that. Luke Kennard would probably be my favorite player to plug and place there, depending on a minutes projection bump. Next up is Draymond Green against Brooklyn to open the night. Seems to be doubtful with a foot injury, and this is going to be changing a lot of stuff. Draymond at $6,300, depending on the minutes he would play, 30 or 32, was kind of out of it last year. There's been reports that he just did not see any purpose with that team last year, and he's been on record to say this, both on national TV and on podcasts, that he just wasn't motivated. How could you be when they were one of the worst teams, when you lose all of your star players and Steph Curry, Clay Thompson yet again for this year? And to be honest, they're not going to be a championship contender this year, but they could make the playoffs. They could be pushing towards some sort of uh, first round victory in the playoffs. It seems unlikely, but depending on what they get out of some of their other guys, their tertiary options, adding Kelly Oubre, having Andrew Wiggins, getting the rookie James Wiseman, if he can make an impact right off the bounce, and if they can stay healthy with Steph returning, this could be a decent team. Now, if Draymond was to miss, and it seems like he's likely to miss right now, his 18% usage rate, averaging 28 minutes per game last year, as he was kind of monitored his minutes from some injuries, he's doubtful. Well, Eric Paschal, who blew up last year, he was somebody who maybe they thought when they drafted him more so of a defensive player, can we get any offense out of him? And it was the opposite. He wasn't playing great defense and he was fantastic on offense. And this is a player that, look, I had him projected before this Draymond news for, you know, the upper teens, 16 to 18 minutes of play. Now with Draymond out, this is somebody that you could really see push towards the 25 to 26 plus minutes of play in this game. And I think we can project him for not a lot of time with Steph, really no time with Steph since Steph was hurt last year, but we could start to project him for around a fantasy point per minute producer, right? A 0.9, 0.95 guy. And depending on the minutes that he plays where he's currently priced at, you're going to see in the early interest, Eric Pascal looks like one of the only values that you're going to find on the slate. One of the few decent value options for this two game opening night slate. But then yes, Wiseman, you might not know the name. He's a rookie. And right now we're going to talk about him in a second. We can talk about it right now. James Wiseman at $4,900. Steve Kerr said this guy's going to be starting for us pretty soon, if not on Tuesday night. So keep a close eye on the starting lineup. If he is indeed starting, I like that a lot more. His price point is cheap. He's a center. We know what we like to get out of centers. Now, what will be the minutes on the rookie? Will they just extend him? Let him go 28 to 30 minutes. Will they just put him in there for 20 minutes? It's going to be a somewhat difficult matchup, right? In terms of just banging it around with guys like DeAndre Jordan out there now in Brooklyn, still out there. You have Jared Allen, which is not as scary of a matchup, but just some bigger guys who will bruise it around down low with you. The type of guys who won't leave the paint in Jared Allen and really DeAndre Jordan's a plotter at this point in his career. So Wiseman at $4,900 looks very good. And in terms of impact by both this Draymond Green and James Wiseman news, it would impact, I mean, the most Eric Pascal for Draymond Green, but outside of that, it would impact Looney. It would impact Chris, who right now are playing as backup fives as well in the minutes. Looney probably going to get somewhere in the mid-teens. Chris, if Draymond Green misses, maybe also hits the mid-teens, maybe plays some four as well. Somebody that they think has a lot of talent. It's just a matter of they just drafted Wiseman. He's definitely going to be behind him. And if Draymond is out in small ball lineups, it just leaves more opportunity to play less small ball, meaning that Wiseman can step on the court some more. So Wiseman's looking very good if he does start. If he doesn't start, maybe you see somewhere around 20 minutes, he can still pay off that salary, just becomes a little bit more difficult. And then the final piece of news that I have for you right now, again, if something else breaks, we will update it on Patreon, talk about it on the live stream, is Dennis Schroeder, the new addition to the Lakers. And look, if you're talking about a fantasy perspective, yeah, the Lakers might've got more upside from fantasy points, adding Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, but in real life, they got worse. And you cannot tell me that they did not get worse. You have, they got two players who, yeah, fine, they're decent on offense, Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, but terrible defensive players. And they got rid of Danny Green, not as great as he once was on defense, but still good, better than Dennis Schroeder, and, you know, gives you some spacing with the shooting. And they got rid of Dwight Howard, who is now in Philadelphia, who, again, somebody that can help you down low and actually close out some playoff games. So Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder do not make this team better. No, no, no. You, you can't even convince me that from a real life perspective. They don't. They're worse on defense, and that's going to make it a worse plus minus. Now, maybe that changes throughout the year, but from a fantasy perspective, yeah, Dennis Schroeder at 5,800 looks nice, but he's questionable with an ankle. He has not been playing. He did not practice last Friday. He has not been practicing or playing in preseason games. He's questionable with a sprained ankle. 
We'll get more news on this as it gets closer. If he was to miss, LeBron gets more ball to handling responsibilities. Alex Caruso sees more time. Wesley Matthews and KCP might actually get a little bit more usage in this offense. I expect that Dennis Schroeder could be a sixth man, a player off the bench with the second unit playing a lot. Might draw some starts if he could actually show a little bit of defensive, but I think they're going to bring him off the bench, handle some of that pick and roll stuff with Montrezl Harrell when he's healthy. That's the major news right now. Watch Marcus Morris, watch Dennis Schroeder. Draymond Green seems to not be playing. And if James Wiseman is in the starting lineups, it will be pretty exciting. They're saying a ton of great stuff out of Golden State about Wiseman's athletic ability, his versatility right now. And I'd be happy to play him at $4,900 on DraftKings if he does indeed start. Now on the screen, we have the matchups for this game. And again, this is the first game of the year, different coaches for some teams, uh, different types of styles of play, different talent for every single team. The NBA basically brings in new talent every year, especially all the teams in this league. They're going to be having new players, new players playing significant minutes, maybe new starters as well. So when we're looking at the pace numbers, those are from last year. The projected pace is taking into account both of these teams' pace compared to the league average and trying to get a projected pace from that standpoint. We do have some of the Vegas totals coming out a little bit earlier. So I try to use those. The Vegas totals might be totally different than what you're seeing right now, but it won't be too dramatic. Uh, trying to use the ones that I saw from yesterday, basically, uh, we should probably get the Vegas totals of the day of the game, maybe a little bit later tonight. Based on this, I do think you're going to see two decently high scoring games for two teams that look, Brooklyn played faster in pace last year. Will they do it again this year? Kevin Durant being out there as much, somebody who'll go a little bit more ISO, maybe not, maybe not, especially in the fast break. Golden State wants to play at a pretty quick pace as well. But Steph Curry back again, is that something that's going to be happening? I think they'll play at a decently fast pace, but you saw the Clippers and the Lakers last year really push the pace. And I think you're going to see that up pace temple yet again. I think this game will be the higher scoring game. I think this game will see the higher pace overall. And you're going to have some beneficial matchups, whether it's on the Clippers side of the ball right now, in terms of their matchups against the Lakers, it's going to get a little bit better. Yeah. When you're taking out Danny Green and some other defensive players and putting in Dennis Shooter, when you're taking out Dwight Howard and the ability to go a little bit longer for 15 extra minutes a game from a defensive standpoint and putting in Montrose Harrell, who we saw just get destroyed in isolations against Luca and anything post-up wise against Nikola Jokic, get destroyed in the playoffs. Not a good defender by any means. So there's really good matchups all across the board. Another year older for right now, LeBron James, his defense continues to fall off just a little bit marginally each year. Anthony Davis is still a stud from a defensive standpoint, but this Clippers matchup should be pretty good in all areas. Now from the Lakers standpoint, they should normally have a good matchup against the Clippers at center here, and but the Clippers made a big addition. They added Serge Ibaka. That's a pretty damn big addition. Now it's not the same defense that you're going to get from a couple years back, but that is an upgrade from having Montrezl Harrell. And maybe even on the offensive side, as Serge Ibaka is coming off of one of, if not his best offensive year, and really his back-to-back best offensive years of his career with the Toronto Raptors. So I think that's an upgrade for Montrezl Harrell in really all aspects. Definitely defense, definitely shot blocking, and probably the offensive side of the ball as well, especially since he has more of an ability to shoot from beyond the arc than Montrezl Harrell. So this is now one a team that can space a little bit more, right? Uh, can give you actually some reliability on the defensive standpoint. So it's actually going to be a tougher matchup for somebody like Montrezl Harrell, which does become a concern, especially when we don't know exactly how many minutes he's going to be playing and splitting down low. Will it be 25 or 26, or is it just going to be 20? That's going to be a big difference and something to be watching out for as the early season unfolds. Other things to point out is just these guys in their minutes. It's a shorter season. These guys did not have a long off season in terms of the Lakers and really these teams that made the playoffs, uh, but the Lakers, especially going all the way into the NBA finals, LeBron has already said that he's going to be taking more time off this year. He's going to be taking more active time off during games. Does that mean that on opening night, he only plays 30 minutes instead of 35 or 36 in a close game? I'm not too sure, but it does mean that you're probably going to see him rest more on back-to-backs, rest more just in general. He might not play. There's only 72 games this year. He might not even play 50 games this year. So we'll see close uh, an eye on what that does, but it's hard to really project that for opening night. I think I gave these guys 33 minutes a piece. They're normally playing 34 or 35 in competitive games. So we're trying to bake in a little bit of the, I'm not trying to go all out in this shortened season, but not that much of an off season. Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving coming off of injuries would not be shocked if you saw those guys take it a little bit easier, especially Durant. He's had a long time to recover. looks good in the preseason. I just don't think he's going to go out there for 36 minutes, have those guys at like 32 minutes as well. Golden State Steph back off of an injury. It was a wrist injury, nothing lower body, kind of hard to really re-injure that type of a thing, a freak injury to begin with. So I'm not too concerned about his ability to play bigger minutes. Interesting to see how 
how Kelly Oubre will play into this offense. Had a very good year with Phoenix. Interesting to see how he will kind of transition now into his role with the Golden State Warriors. So I think that's where we can go. Both games, it's two games late. So if you're talking about NFL, people want to say, ah, should we stack? I mean, on a two game slate, you can stack the higher total if you want to and hope it goes into overtime. But in the NBA, there's not any correlation really, right? Everybody kind of negatively correlates. So you don't have to worry about stacking as much. So with that all being said, let's get into the early interest. Drum roll, please. The part of the show that everybody's been waiting for. Welcome to our first early interest of the year. And I'm trying to get a lot in here. And these early interests are based off of my projections and my rankings and all that type of stuff that you could find down below on Patreon. These are my early projections, minutes projections, all that stuff that I do by myself right now. So if you want to support that, you can check it out or just follow along. And it's going to give you an insane edge. These early interests are brought to you by drafters. Com. And if you're not familiar, drafters.com is a platform where daily snake drafts as well as season-long best balls. Yes, they have best ball drafts as well for multiple sports. They've got a late swap feature as well for their daily games and lower rate than any of the other DFS sites. What does that mean? They take less off the top. So if you're playing in a head-to-head and it's a $5 head-to-head, on DraftKings, you play in a $5 head-to-head, you win $9. So the site's taking a dollar of that. They're taking a 10% rake on cash games and that's going up. That's insane as well. It's very high in GBPs. So you can get yourself a little bit of an edge there on your bankroll by playing on drafters. They also have a very beneficial feature, which I really do like, which is called auto swap. So if you have a guy that gets ruled out late and you're out and you don't see the news in time, especially in the NBA, which is going to be important because all the news drops like a minute before and you're, you know, hanging with your family, having dinner at 655 instead of looking at your lineups in the bathroom, you know, just showering, whatever it might be. They have a feature that you just set in there. Some guys that in case somebody gets ruled out, you can auto swap them out. So you don't have to worry about taking a zero in your lineup. I have no idea why other sites are not doing this right now, but you know, maybe just to keep an edge for the people who keep a close eye it. But if you're somebody who does have a family who does want to be on their phone every single second of the day, especially close to lock, that auto swap feature is going to help you a ton. They're going to have a variety of different tournaments for opening night in the NBA with tournaments up to 5k in prizes. Drafters was one of my first video sponsors and we still have a partnership today. So I would not be having a partnership with these types of sites if I did not think that their product was enjoyable, was user-friendly. So be sure to check it out. You'll get a free money bonus up to a hundred dollar rooskies using my last name, Vetri, V-E-T-R-I. Check it out today. Thank you for Drafters for co-sponsoring the NBA opening night video. So a couple things here. This is going to be filtered just based on salary. Guys that I have early interest in, basically guys that are some of my highest values, point per dollar. It does not mean the best cheap plays, although it could. It just means highest point per dollar at any salary range. It is not in any ranking order. It's just basically sorting them by their salary. So starting it off with Anthony Davis right now. I have Anthony Davis projected for about 34 minutes of play in this one. And Anthony Davis, so I just peek behind the curtain over on Patreon right now. He's not going to be my highest projected player, but Anthony Davis is my second highest projected player at $10,000. He comes into play. He is currently only like one of five or six guys on the slate that I have projecting out for over a 5X value. Doesn't mean that they're an automatic lock. Doesn't mean that you can't get to guys below that, but it's just something to look at. A decent super draft play, but I probably stay away from him over there. Anthony Davis is somebody that I plan to get to with a good amount right now. He's on a team that really only used two guys last year. From a usage rate standpoint, from a defensive standpoint overall, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are really the only guys. At 6'11", the former number one overall pick in the 2012 draft, his 2019 campaign, 2019-2020 campaign, featured a 27% usage rate, the 96th percentile, top 4% in the entire NBA right there, a 15% assist percentage, which is in the 90th percentile overall. This is somebody that you can continue to see have success. Matchups against Serge Ibaka, Zubak, I'm not too concerned about those. Now, LeBron James is my highest projected player of the night for over 51 fantasy points right now. Again, LeBron, there are concerns throughout the year of when he's going to sit out, of when he's going to take active rest. I don't think that will be tonight. I'm not shocked to see him just play 30 minutes tonight, though. I'm currently projecting LeBron for 33 minutes at $9,600, but his point per dollar upside that he's been producing really since he's come into the league. But as of late, you can rely on maybe a 1.4 to a 1.45 type of guy. It's going to be tough matchups on the wings from a defensive standpoint, but if they're going to try and throw Patrick Beverly on him, I don't think they're going to be putting their energy into putting Kawhi on LeBron for large stretches of this game to start the year. LeBron James coming off of a 33% usage rate in 35 minutes per game 
game last year. LeBron is going to be in play for me. Now you can see some other guys, guys like Kawhi Leonard in here. I'd rather go up to LeBron James, but Kawhi is definitely somebody that's in play because I do think that his minutes could be a little bit higher up. Not only because last year he was taking so much rest and that didn't work out, but there's been a ton of stuff this offseason about how people talking behind people's backs, whether it's Paul George, whether it's other people on this team, basically saying that Kawhi Leonard and really Paul George to an extent wanted nothing to do with this team. They would show up to practice, they would barely communicate, they would leave, and they would just sit out games when everybody else was losing those games and trying their hardest. And there was apparently some stuff going on behind the scenes that probably led to this team. Also some injuries that got kind of screwed over in the bubble with injuries and stuff happening. Montrose Harrell having to leave the bubble, some other players. So at $9,100, I don't think quite cares about all those critics, but I do think it at least leads him to play a little bit more this year, uh, especially compared to last year. Now there's less games, so you're not going to play overall more, but $9,100, 1.1x multiplier in Superdraft. I think it looks decent. Again, I prefer LeBron. I prefer AD if you can get there. Kyrie Irving, another number one overall pick in 2011 that we could talk about coming into. He is age 29 season. What he did last year, although he was injured for a far majority of it, he ended up playing in 20 games, started all those games, saw a 35% usage rate, one of the highest in the league. That is going to go down with Kevin Durant now out there. That's a concern. But the price point is also down here. And I do think Durant will be somewhat limited to start the season off, if not the entire season. You're getting a good assist percentage above 33% right now. So Kyrie at $8,500, we could be looking back on this and saying that Kyrie Irving was well underpriced at this point. Now there is a chance coming off of his own injury that he is limited as well, but I do like Kyrie Irving right now. I currently have Kyrie tied for my number five overall value play at 42.8 DraftKings points. You get down to Paul George at $7,800, probably appropriately priced. If he plays a little bit more minutes, you can get there. He struggled. He had some mental issues going on and just struggled in general. He had some bad things to say about his coach on some podcasts as well. So struggled in the bubble, has not been too happy with the coaching staff overall has not been too happy about the team chemistry and that type of stuff. Featured a 30% usage rate last year. That got a little bit inflated because there was a lot of games where Kawhi sat or did not play early on in the year that that spiked. Averaged 29 minutes per game. I do think Paul George is a decent play. He's kind of in no man's land at his price point, around $7,800. Not that many guys that are slightly above him. You kind of have to go up to Kyrie. Not that many guys that are below him that stand out all that much as a value. So you might just land on Paul George more than you think because there's not other options in his range. Kelly Oubre, the new addition to the Golden State Warriors. And I actually think this is a pretty good addition for them. I think Kelly Oubre is somebody that is in a ascending talent and ascending prospects. So their contract that they got him for, I think it's a fair one. Kelly Oubre gets paid just 25 years old right now. Kelly Oubre, the number 15 overall pick in 2015. And last year when he was with Phoenix, right, he goes over from Washington. He gets traded to Phoenix in 2018, 2019. And then Phoenix, he posts a pretty good year, a 20% usage rate last year. He was a really strong mid-range shooter. So I'm interested to see if on the Golden State Warriors now he could take his game out to the three-point line. We're basically in the mid-range. He was basically shooting from all mid-range, about 43% effective field goal rate, top 70 percentile. was around an average, league average three-point shooter last Last year. It'll be interesting to see if he could take a leap there. He himself is also in this pretty interesting range, but he plays a lot of minutes. Again, a younger player, 25 years old. I would suspect Kelly Oubre, a guy who was playing basically like 35 minutes day in and day out last year. I would expect him to take on a pretty large role there as well, especially with Clay Thompson not playing this year. Expect big minutes for Oubre, and I think that his point per minute production or around there will sustain. I like Oubre at 6,700. These next two guys in the five K range, I'm probably not going to get to as much because I like the guys below him. So Lou Williams is going to be somebody that you know what you get, right? He's going to be a walking bucket, nothing on the defensive end. Do you get 28 minutes or 32 minutes out of him? Probably depends on how he plays. I have him right now for closer to that 27, 28 minute range. He's going to be on the court when he's on the court, no matter what, with a Paul George or a Kawhi because they staggered them last year. He doesn't have his pick and roll guy in Montrezl Harrell off the bench. He's getting another year older as well. So Lou Williams, yes, he's still a walking bucket. He's still a nice fantasy point per minute producer when he's on the court just kind of by himself. But if we expect Kawhi and Paul George to be in for this game, it's going to be really tough for him to be that number one option. Sometimes it might be the number three option if all of them are on the court at the same time. So that will be a concern for you. Lou Williams usage last year though, it was 30%. So this is a guy who continues to see a lot 
lot of usage, a 30% assist percentage. Both of those are basically in the top 90th percentile in the league. He was not accurate as a shooter last year, just 48% effective field goal rate, but he shot a ton of shots overall, so it didn't matter. He got there really based off of volume. Three-point shooting was fine. Lou Williams at $5,400 is okay. His former teammate, Montrezl at $5,300, will have a slightly difficult matchup if he goes up against Serge Ibaka in this one. I currently gave Harold 24 minutes, and at 24 minutes, he looks like a decent option tonight. He kind of grades that as a top 10 value, but not even 5Xing, so he'll be on the board. This is the couple of guys that I like a lot. Serge Ibaka at $5,200. I think they gave Serge Ibaka this contract to really come in and do a lot for them. He could play some four. He could play small ball five. He could just play five in general like he was for the Raptors last year with Pascal at the four. I do think you're going to get some pretty big minutes out of Serge Ibaka, and he currently grades out as my fifth overall value. He is above a 5X right now. You can see it on uh, my Patreon down below. So I like Serge Ibaka. He is a yes for me on this slate. I think he's a pretty strong option for you early on at $5,200 down low, especially if you get the minutes above 25. Like if he's going to be going out there, let's just say Avicha Zubak, who was very good in the bubble, was very good towards the end of the year last year. If Zubak goes out and even plays 22 minutes, which is high for how Zubak's been playing lately, Ibaka is going to probably fill in those 26. So there's upside for Ibaka in this one to play close to 30 minutes. And if he does that, this is a guy who averaged over a fantasy point per minute last year, well over that, had one of the best years of his career and continues to, even though he's aging, get better at the game on the offensive side of the ball. Ibaka at $5,200 might be one of the best overall values in the slate. Not the best, we'll get there in a second, but one of the best. I have James Wiseman colored basically in like yellow right now on my screen. If you can see this on the YouTube version as we scroll down, because I like him a lot. He's a rookie. Again, we touched on him on the news standpoint. I like him a lot if indeed he starts. If he doesn't start, I question how many minutes he can get up to at his price point. If he does start, looks like a nice play at $4,900. I would like it a good amount. Joe Harris got paid in a major way, similar to guys like Marcus Morris. Just if he would have gone somewhere else, he didn't really have, they said he had competing offers, but they never really disclosed the teams. But he got paid a ton of money and he's $4,800 here. Again, he's going to take a step back. He's really going to be a guy who's just going to, I mean, he could dribble and go to the basket, especially in transition, but mainly your three point shooter can pick up a couple of boards here and here. He played a lot of four last year in the bubble when they were down and injured, which was fun to see, put up some big performances there with the rebounding standpoint. But with Kevin Durant now out there, with Kyrie now out there, it becomes a little bit more difficult for Joe Harris to get his. On this small over slate though, he does have a ceiling if he could hit a couple of threes. Marcus All, another addition to the Lakers shirt. This is the other concern right here if you talk about Montrezl Harrell, is that both of these guys, you have a cheaper Marcus Gasol who might also play very similar minutes. Like is Harrell going to play 24 and Gasol plays 24? That's what I have it right now. If I had to pick one to stay on the court a little bit longer, I'd actually go to Marcus All. I don't think he's a great defender anymore, but he can just stretch a little bit more than Harrell from the three-point line, give you some spacing. So I actually like Marcus All more than Harrell at this point, but it is very close. To finish it up with just some cheap options like Patrick Beverly, he's not going to grade it as the best overall value, but he's at least $4,400. If you're trying to find somebody cheap, there's not that many dirt cheap options that you're going to find in this slate. He's going to be on the court. He was injured last year, seems to be healthy. He's going to be somebody that's on the court just from a defensive standpoint and can back his way into some offensive stats. 14% usage and average 27 minutes per game last year. And then Eric Pascal, the guy last year who just started to play and had some huge performances, especially from a DraftKings perspective. I believe he put up a couple of 50 burgers last year, maybe even a 60 burger if I remember correctly. Um, but last year, he ended up seeing a 20.5% usage. Again, this team was just hampered by injury, so he had to take on more usage. With Steph now there, I don't think you're going to see as much usage for him, right? But Draymond Green is expected to miss. So for a guy who averaged 28 minutes per game last year, this could be a pretty nice spot for him to take advantage of opening night at $3,800 being one of the top values. He shot 43% of his shots at the rim last year. He ended up shooting 23% of them from short mid. So a lot of his points were basically in the paint, right? 16% from long mid, 39% overall, according to cleaning the glass. So this is a guy who's shooting close to the basket, which just elevates his floor and also his ceiling to an extent when you're taking those type of shots. Now you have Steph Curry to try and open you up a little bit down low with some drives and dish outs, things like that. So Eric Pascal is right now my number one value play. He's the only guy that I have as a six X or above. I could also see guys like Marquez Chris, if he was to start over James Weissman, or depending on how often that they want to play James Weissman, a Marquez Chris, who's a really good fantasy point per minute producer, he can see a little bit more run here. Maybe he even gets like 18 minutes. I don't know if that's actually going to be the case if Draymond misses, but that's another opportunity for some value. But Eric Pascal, $3,800. They like him a lot. He has to improve on the defensive side, but
but he has that offensive game. Now he has Steph out there to take some pressure off of him and maybe even set him up some. So I like him as the top value on the slate at $3,800. So thank you for tuning in to the first NBA video of the year. I will have an NBA uh, video for the Christmas slate, right? The big Christmas slate. We have an NFL game that day as well. There's no NBA on Christmas Eve on that Wednesday. So tomorrow I will not be having any content either for the NBA. It's a bigger slate. I'll have stuff on Patreon projections, rankings, but no video because I'll be traveling. So I'm not going to do that. I'll be covering the NBA every single weekday. Once the NFL is officially over in February until then, I'll be doing a couple of videos a week like this one. And then the one on Friday, probably won't be doing anything this weekend either as I travel and probably will try not to do anything overall for NBA weekend content on this YouTube channel. So during the week, starting in February, and then a couple of videos here and there during the week as well, maybe one or two, maybe up to three a week during the NFL playoffs in January. Once we start the new year. So thank you for tuning in, like, and subscribe. Before you go, support the sponsors of this show, Jock Market and Drafters. Thank you so much for sponsoring the opening night of the NBA. And check out my Patreon for all the tools and analysis and all that stuff that's going to smack around your opponents and put you in a position to really take advantage of increasing your chances of ROI, profit, all that type of stuff. Thank you so much, everybody. And I'll see you all in the next one. Tune in tomorrow for when we go live, probably around 4 or 4.30 p.m. East Coast time for this late. Peace out, and I'll see you then.